Join us and unwind with a good book. Welcome to Relaxing Reads. Hi, Deb. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. Hello. Hi, Tanya. Hello. Hi there. Gang's all here. Gang's all here. (laughs) (laughs) I recognize uh, that I have my shirt on backwards. got the tag in front of me i noticed like as i was rushing around in the morning i'm like this something it's just one of those like flowy loose shirts that you know could hang over like the shoulder at times wherever it falls yep. fine um but i was looking at it groggy eyes this morning I'm like something looks a little off in the back there but whatever it's not a big deal i'm not going to see anybody it's just coming into the studio and and that's it. And then just before I left to come back here, I'm like, what is that line down the front of my top here? And so it's a line. And then I looked, I'm like, oh, my God, there's a tag in the front. Why is that in the front? Don't feel bad. I do that more than you can know. And my husband's always oh. like, do you not know how to put your clothes on? I was like, sometimes you're just running out the door, okay? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I haven't done that in a while. I, I, and maybe it happens to me more than I actually notice as well. But I, I but, felt but something to that, just a little off. To that end, Deb, like I actually have a summer dress that I wear a little, it's sleeveless. It's like a shift and I wear it with a little sweater, yeah. but I actually wear it backwards because I like the way it looks. <laughs> oh, oh, do you? Because it's sort of got a lower neckline in the front and I'm like, I'm not yeah. always a lower neckline girl. And so yeah. I'm like, I kind of like it like closer. Hmm, I like that line better. So I wear it backwards <laughs> Oh, you know what? You. There, there should be more outfits like that that take you from day to night. You know, in the office, you've got like a higher top. And then when you go out, you can reverse it. And maybe it's a bit lower. I never thought of that. Oh, there you yeah. go. There's a You're business right. idea. There's, an, yeah. there's a business like the, idea. Like the split personality. Like this this side of me is painted for yeah, yeah. the workplace. Yeah. And this is, yeah, wine yeah. time. That's yeah. so funny. all right are we ready to talk some jasmine and jake rock the boat oh i do believe all right we are we're ready we're ready hi it's devin halifax and it's simone in vancouver hey it's tanya in edmonton our latest read jasmine and jake rock the boat by sonia lolly is about romance on the high seas. There's actually a lot more to this romantic adventure between two childhood friends. Jasmine is newly single as she boards a cruise ship for seniors with her parents as she tags along on their vacation unknowingly. What seemed to be the perfect relationship with Brian hit the rocks, meaning she has to face her parents and their friends who've always been a little judgy. Despite a successful career and love life for a moment, Jasmine has had a bad reputation after a long history of striving for perfection in the eyes of these people only to fall short. The only person her age on the boat just happens to be her longtime nemesis since childhood, Jake Dillon. She has always thought of him as the arrogant, perfect Indian son, and Jake has always thought Jasmine was too wild for him. So how will time alone in close quarters work out for them as they travel to Alaska? And might they find a relationship worth fighting for? It's fun. There are evolving relationships, family, culture, and warmth among the chaos. So anybody want to go on a senior's cruise? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I, I have never been on a cruise. And my mom, who is a senior, 
loves to cruise. So I think as you know, as I age, it's it's looking more and more appealing. Yeah, I've never been one to put it on my to do list either. I've actually I did go on a cruise. My goodness, back in the eighties, and I went with a coworker of mine. And um, we went to, we flew to New York and we went to uh, Bermuda. It was the first time I'd done it. It was cool. It was cool. And she was a lot older than me. So I guess she she wasn't a senior then, but she was, I was like early 20s. <laughs> yeah. So fun. I think that's probably yeah. the appeal as you're older too. It's just easy. You get on the boat and then you, you know, you get to get off. They take you to usually um, the point of entry at a different country. So you kind of get off the boat, you're right in the tourist section, then you get on. Whereas I think as you're older, if you're going to other places and then you got to find, you know, like an Uber or a taxi to get you around and do all that, like maybe this is just the easy way to do it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And everything's right there. Like on the boat, you don't have to worry about you know, traveling to, I mean, I guess it could be a really big boat as well, but everything is so convenient just around the corner from you. I really have a a, a thing for seniors, actually. <laughs> I really <laughs> love older people. I do. I, I just think because they're just like, they don't mince words, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like they yeah. do not, they're just very, you know, and, and they just, they're wise and I just, yeah, I I love elderly people. So, yeah, I just, I would totally go on a cruise. I would be, yeah, absolutely. And I think we're at that point where it's like a cruise with like, people partying and being loud and obnoxious in clubs and dance parties like we're we're mm. kind of not there anymore and then so the next one would be to be around people who yeah like you know seniors just they don't care they're just enjoying their life they're they're taking it all in and it would be it would be enjoyable to be on something like that for sure yeah definitely if we had one night of dancing i think that's good <laughs> yeah like the dancing that that jasmine and <laughs> <laughs> and yes. that, that dance scene that dance that scene, was like, something that was pretty hot that was pretty hot <laughs> it yeah. was, so, wasn't it? am i getting am i getting ahead of myself we haven't even like <laughs> are we this getting all like hot a, flashes yeah. now <laughs> yeah no, no kidding right i i really i mean i started this book late but then then i couldn't put it down and um I just really loved, I mean, I, I liked the easy banter between Jake and Jasmine. They were kind of like, they'd take digs at each other, and she'd be like, I used to babysit you, you know, because <laughs> he's younger, right? She's yeah. 33, and I think he he's like about two, three years younger, I think, than 28. Than her. I so, think, wasn't he like five years younger? Is he 28? Yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, was it five? Okay. Yeah, so that's kind of a, a different thing for this novel, because most of the guys are older, so she's older, she's wild, but I... I I actually don't, you know, I think she was just living her life. And I felt um, at at times I had some parallels with her in my own life, you know, how I've lived my life. And, you know, I'm not married and I did go out with a bunch of guys and I never had kids. So I kind of feel I feel her pain a little bit when she feels misunderstood. And and especially that scene, I think she was at a party um, and she was 15 and she got kissed by that guy in college and and she was sort of like you know i was just being a normal teenager i was just being a normal teenager but but people were judging her for that and i felt mm. i felt for her so many times throughout the book like she was just really misunderstood and anyway very very judgy as you said before Deb. very judgy in, uh, of her life i thought so it's yeah, kind of i yeah. i really liked her too i i loved her character and yeah there were definitely some times where she was a uh, a little hot-headed or, or feisty or fiery, but I think unfortunate, you know, having 
uh, been judged early on, like a lot of girls are. You know, she talks about it and, and he talked about it, how unfair it is to be, uh, you know, a guy and doing mm-hmm. the same thing, but never being judged. And, the, oh, that's just what they do. But a girl has to be a certain way in a certain element, in a certain environment. And that's it. No questions asked. Yeah, for me, like in the beginning, I found it hard to connect with her. I just felt like she was, she's 33 and she was acting quite immature. And I didn't really, like they had a great banter, but I didn't like how she'd always kind of come for him or shade him. And I really liked him off the top because I felt like he was, he would always just try to convince her that he wasn't this guy and he didn't seem like a bad guy. And then later you realize why she was acting like this. You know, she's just put up these barriers and she's worried and she hasn't really quite found herself. And you really see the growth in her character from the beginning to the end where she she almost matures being around him. And he's, he, you yeah. think like usually... Older women, like, you know, Tanya, you said usually we, you know, the stories are about going after an older man. And typically it's always like, oh, the young men or the young partners are more immature. But in this case, I thought Jake had that level of maturity and she almost needed to learn it from him. And I'm glad he never gave up on her because she was just like ice cold to him at times. And he kept trying, like he would show up. He Can I talk to you? You know, he just kept trying because he knew there's something there and he wasn't going to give up. So that's the part I liked. Like it was a very slow burn. Like it took a long time for them to get there, which I also liked because typically in these novels, like you can kind of have that hook up and then you're going in different directions. But like they, he just never gave up on them. And that's the part that I really liked. And so I grew to really like her character near the end. And you understand why she was the way she was. Yeah. yeah and I think sure. Jasmine, I think, And I think you're right, Simone, like she definitely did mature as the pages went on. And I think, you know, she always felt like she was being judged or not not understood about her career choices going into a more artistic vein. And then, you know, Jake was the one who said, well, you know, like my dad doesn't really get the fact that I like to dance and I want to be a lawyer because he just that, you know, his two brothers are like sporty guys. Right. And he always feels this disapproval from his dad that he's not that guy. He's this other guy. So she kind of went, oh, so you're kind of like me. You're kind of misunderstood too. So I felt like she learned a little bit there from him. Like he, like you said, he's the teacher in this book almost. Yeah. 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 I think if you, if, if we go back to our childhood and think about, um, you know, some of those people that we grew up with or some of those that we may have babysat. And and you think about um, if you were part of the older group, you always imagine there being such a large age gra- gap um, when you're younger. But then you get to a certain stage and like, oh, we're really not that far apart. So I think that I would have felt the same way had I babysat a guy <laughs> who was, yeah. uh, you know, I was a few years older. And I do remember years uh, after graduating from high school and meeting up with a, a couple of kids that I babysat who were in a wedding and uh, we attended the same wedding. And I'm like, no, this is not the same kid. This is not. <laughs> but it had yeah. been quite a number of years. I'm like, oh, my gosh, now we're all kind of in the same age bracket. So you you you, you look at things a little differently or you might not be as immature as obviously you would have been back then. Um, but also, I think sometimes when you're in the same circles and 
you leave and you, you have more experiences or you see more things and different people and learn other things you don't necessarily want to or you don't believe that you want to associate with some of those from your past, even though it might not have been a really bad thing. You just don't think you could ever have anything in common at this stage in your life. Yeah. So what was uh, what was your favorite like moment in the book? Or were there many? I think there was quite a few for me. <laughs> some, yeah. um, well, now yeah. that once I've come to the end of the book, my favorite moment was when they had to go and hide when they were in that uh, the back room where the, the dancing and stuff was. And then he, <gasps> the you know, check. yeah, the coat check. And, you know, he said something oh, to her yes. and she didn't quite understand. And then, you know, near the end, I was like, oh. Are we going to find out? Is she going to go back to that? And then she asked and then, you know, it just showed how much he had always kind of loved her along the way. So that one was really that one was kind of like a special cute moment that I liked. Um, And then I just I don't know. I loved I loved her moments with Ethan the doctor on board. Yes. Yeah, I really liked the friendship yeah. they kind of had and they kind of got each other and she she couldn't speak to her parents or the other aunties on board about what she was feeling and, you know, her sister, the cell service. So it was, like, nice that she was able to develop this relationship like and kind of have these onboard therapy sessions uh, to help her navigate it. Well, and I think, and Ethan, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned him because I thought that he was sort of, he, he uh, brought up something that was, I felt, sort of a theme for the book as did one of her aunties and I just I wrote it down actually because it was very poignant for me <laughs> and Ethan said to her he says uh, act intentionally in your life and he just floated along so when his marriage ended he understood that the reason why it ended was because he didn't know what he wanted from the very beginning and I just like the fact that you know I just went to my my nephew's grad and a lot of the stuff in those grad speeches were the key to happiness is to find a purpose find a purpose, right? And it's the same thing that Ethan is saying. Find intention in your life because you have no one to blame if you end up in a place that you didn't want to be because you actually didn't figure out where you wanted to be in the first place. And I thought those were really important words for Jasmine to hear, especially with Ethan because she felt so, uh, not with Ethan, sorry. Yeah, Ethan, um, that she just felt so comfortable with him. And those words were like, yeah, exactly, Ethan. <laughs> yeah. Also her, is it Uma auntie? Mm-hmm. Is that, the one she was rooming with. Yeah. Yes. The one she was rooming with. And I really loved, I really loved what she said too. Um, she said, you know, at towards the end of the book, she's like, it doesn't matter what I think or even what your what another thinks. What matters, Jasmine, is what you think. And only once you accept yourself will there be any hope of others accepting you. And that, again, is another thing. It's like figure out who you are. You know, sometimes it takes a long, long time mm. on this journey of life to figure it out. But I felt like there were little points in the book. And perhaps we, when we speak with the author that we can talk about that, too, like the, those things that she was making. And maybe she had issues in her life where she needed to sort of go do a check on herself going, what do you want? What do you want? Do you like yourself? Do you like where you're going? Do you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then beyond all of that, I do have to say, like the shower scene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, doing a 360, that but that sh- that shower scene. I mean, I've always wanted to jump in the shower with a guy with all my clothes on. <laughs> never done it. Hey, so- never say never. That's part of the self discovery, right? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> You're so right. Anyway, enough. Oh Deb, gosh. what did you think? Oh no, I yeah. This guy to all of that. Tanya, this guy's going to be like, you can take them off, right? You're going to be like, no, no. This is the way I want to do it because I read yeah. it in a book. <laughs> I read it in a book. 
it's this or nothing. <laughs> uh, no, but you know the comments, oh the comments you had about you know constantly you know like learning to know who you are and i think every day mm-hmm. like you as we we grow and we evolve we we learn more about ourselves and i feel like you know now me being in my 40s like every morning i wake up and it's kind of one of those things where i wake up thinking like okay you know i want to be i want to set the tone for the day i want to be positive i want to do good i want to feel happy today and i want to kind of do something for myself and i think that's that's what it is is you know just finding those moments where you ground yourself you you know feel good about yourself and if you don't it's like what are you going to do to help yourself and i think that's just the daily check in that we need to do with ourselves to make sure we are living our most authentic best life mm-hmm. yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and i think it's a, it's it's always going to be some sort of struggle for for many of us and even if Jasmine thought she knew who she was for so many years I mean she still was in her adolescent stage and you're growing and learning and hormones are thrown in the mix and then you feel like you don't have the backing or support of your family or those that may be closest to you so you you keep doubting yourself even though you think you know yourself And you always perceive yourself to be somebody completely different. And I think with her parents or the community that she grew up with um, or or, or surrounded by um, the aunties and the uncles, they were only passing on what had been passed on to them. And, And it's not necessarily that they truly believed a lot of that, that that she was a, you know, a, a rebellious girl that really needed a lot of help and a lot of work. But I think they just did with the tools they had they just kind of threw it out there and hope for the best um and i think that we all grow within you know each generation but i think the guys that came into her life um ethan and and jake um pointing out that Mm -hmm. she is so much more than what she ever sees in herself you know she she has I think she's she's always focusing on more of the negative because she feels like that's what everybody else is seeing. So she might not see all the positives around her or within her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I find that, you know, through some of the books that we have read, there is that underlying theme about our heroine, you know, just not thinking that she's worth it. Right. She's being hammered down by expectations, her own expectations of herself. And we and we see the journey as she goes along. And I think that it's very inspiring to Joda as a reader to go, Okay, I don't have my life together and neither does this character. But together, we're going to figure it out by the end of the book. And I I really love that about this book is that she does figure it out. You know, yeah. And think about, you know, the opportunities if you had, you know, to, the chance to take a trip with your parents and maybe you said no to it. And now she's at that point where she's like, oh, do I really want to be on this seniors cruise? But she's around all these women um, and her parents who kind of are giving her that like wisdom and and speaking to her like Uma Auntie did. And, um, you know, she's kind of seeing a different perspective on things. And it's not that, you know, old people are f- not fun and they're they're boring. Mm-hmm. It's like they, they have they've lived a long life. And yeah, yeah their generation did things differently but I think having the conversations is how you kind of you know say well this is how we do things and our generation is allowed to kiss boys and date more and do things whereas maybe culturally before that was more shunned upon you have to kind of grow with the times and and understand it and so her having those conversations I think were were 
a nice kind of part of her understanding what the seniors had to offer to her. Yes, yeah. I think that's key. Conversation, like having the talk and willing to have that conversation. And I guess maybe the adults in her life now recognizing, oh, she's also an adult, so we can have these conversations. And then you uh, uh, you get to see each other and... Um, you know, understand each other even more. Have either of you had a vacation romance? It's something I've never had. And one of my best friends, like I'll never forget, she went away to Australia alone for like a month. And then she told me this story about this this guy she met she was traveling with. And then this one amazing night where they just like, you know, were on the beach all night looking at the stars. And I just think of those. And I'm like, I've never had a vacation romance. So have either of you? I mean, this seems kind of fun to just like, everyone's different when they're in vacation vacation mode too, uh-huh. you know? Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, I have. Oh. <laughs> oh, I have a couple. I have a cu- one I was like I was living in Scotland and I went to the Isle of Skye and I had a I had a journal and I would go to pubs cuz I was traveling on my own. I would just go to pubs with my journal and just write and cuz I'm by myself and there was this really hot guy that was like watching me and then he came over and he's like, "What are you doing?" and I'm like, "blah blah blah." And, he was from he was from uh, Glasgow, very harsh accent. And anyway, we, yeah, we had a thing. And then, oh. but my most memorable thing was when I was backpacking. I went backpacking when I was like in my early thirties, and I ended up in Vienna. And I was a solo traveler, and I was at the train station, and I was trying to figure out. I was doing like all the hostels, and I was trying to figure stuff out. And I saw this guy like waiting for his his luggage, and he saw me, and our eyes just kind of connected. Anyway, we ended up spending like two days in Vienna. We actually got a hotel room. He was from the States. Um, we went to Beethoven's gravesite in the Central Cemetery. We went to the Vienna Opera House. We did all of these things and had like this little romance and then and then we left. Then he had to go somewhere and I went somewhere. But it was just that <gasps> that kind of your your time is suspend you're suspended in time. Yeah. And if you've ever mm-hmm. been to Vienna, it is magical. Mm-hmm. And that opera house is like yeah. It's so beautiful. Just to have somebody to to pal around with um, when you're a solo traveler, it's like, it's like, oh my god, this is so cool to have somebody else make decisions. <laughs> and yeah. we worked for a hotel, like I said, which if you've ever backpacked, like having a hotel is like pure bliss. luxury. Yeah, no luxury. Kidding. So wow. yeah, that was me. That was me. What about Deb? What about you? I had a moment. Um, It wasn't Australia. It was New Zealand. And there was actually an Austrian connection. (laughs) Funny you should mention. Was it the same person? No, I don't think so. No, I... uh... So I was solo for part of this trip, um, but I was actually at this moment, um, I was in a a travel group and I had a roommate. And um, so we met up with a bunch of people, including the rest of our our tour, who I must admit was mostly seniors. So I have, you know, spent a lot of time around seniors in a, you know, an interesting uh, uh, way, I guess, interesting form. And they were a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this one particular night, um, we had some drinks and um, there was a Brit and an Austrian guy and the Brit and my roommate got a little cozy. And then I did with this younger guy. <gasps> I mean, much younger. Yeah. Oh, you have <laughs> your own like Jake, Jake and Jasmine situation going on. <laughs> <laughs> so we got cozy for uh, for the evening and overnight. And, and that was kind of it. We did not like exchange contact info. It was just mm-hmm. kind of 
This is really fun. This is I would not necessarily do this in my hometown or city, um, but it was it was fun. It was it was it was a lot of fun. That's interesting. I love those stories because it's like that's just the moment you have that that's just yours. Like, you know, it's nice when you have shared memories with someone, you travel and then you got your little inside stories and you can share them when you see each other. But it's kind of nice to just have some of those that you're like, this was a special, you know, kind of moment in time. And it's just like my solo memory. And I wonder if that person ever thinks about it, you know, because you can't just reach out and call them and say, hey, remember? So it's like, it's just like, (laughs) you're right. Like, what do they think about the, what do they think about us? Like, do they remember that or that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and the the next morning I remember uh, getting up because myself and my roommate were running a little behind that morning. We missed breakfast and uh, hopped on the bus and we got high fives from the seniors. They knew exactly what happened that night. (laughs) I love it. <laughs> They're like back in our day, you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> I right. Love it. I love that you have the seniors' connection, Dad. Yes. Like, oh, I yeah. Love that. They were funny. We only learned like halfway through our trip. Um, I guess as we got to know them a little uh, better, that every night myself and the, I guess there were a couple of others. We were all kind of in the same age group. We would go out for another drink after whatever kind of evening we had. And the seniors would gather at one of their rooms and they were doing shots all night. See, this is fun. And that's another part of this I loved. I loved when there was that whole drama maybe around Ranjit uncle and Uma auntie. But it was like she was just helping him. And then you think of like, you know, you think of the younger generations and you're kind of like, oh, it should be easy for you to find someone. You know, you can go to a bar, you can go on Tinder. But like for the seniors who have maybe lost a partner or a single, for them, Mm -hmm. it's like, where are their opportunities? And so when you're in a situation like this, where you're with other seniors and you're talking and you're meeting new people, I love those like second chance at love stories or, you know, those couples that get together when they're older and then they're getting married at like 90 and they found the love of their life. Like I love those stories too. So I love that for, for Jake's dad too. Yeah. And I, I I must say, I love, um, the, (laughs) the whole aunties, uh, like (laughs) I I just, I just get such a kick out of them and, um, margarita auntie. And then there was hot water with lemon auntie. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great way to name them, right? (laughs) Yes. She couldn't remember their names. It was like, um, it reminded me a lot of Dial A for aunties. Remember that book we read where it was, um, you know, they were, they were off in the four meddling ants and stuff. And that Uh was, you know, that like, it was an Indonesian connection. This was South Asian. So there is a lot of the auntie drama I know culturally, (laughs) but it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely funny. She mentioned it. She mentioned a couple times, um, she goes, oh, it's the auntie-uncle brigade. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I just laughed yes. out loud because all I pictured was like a bunch of people who were like meddling in your life and like all this drama. And I just, it just made me laugh out loud. Every time she said it, it made me laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah. There was, a, there was a lot of fun. There were, there were a lot of laughs in this book. A lot of great characters, a lot of laughs, and it's a nice, it's a nice, easy read. And I think, too, let's talk about the other character in the book, which is Furry. Yeah, The dog. Mango? Yeah. Mango. Mango. Aw, yeah. Mango. So Jasmine and her her ex, Brian, they adopted a dog. So now they are in this co-parenting kind of situation, and it's it's really adorable because I'm a a believer in forever homes. You know, once you get an animal, you have an animal. You have it for until it's it's time is done. So I love the fact that they have to since they're separated that they have to co-parent this 
Labradoodle, I think it is. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Yeah. I just love that puppy. Awesome that they, you know, were able to do that because I know of mm-hmm. friends um, whose relationships had split and um, and so did the pets. Like there were a couple of mm-hmm. uh, groups where, um, or couples, I should say, um, and one just... One had to give up before this relationship started because they had other animals. And it was like, oh, my gosh, what? you can't split up the kids. I know. And uh, yeah. Know, and then the right? other actually the other was interesting because they said um, as much as they loved um, their pet, they gave it up because they got this pet together with that person and so it was more of a fresh start um, oh, for them. Sad. They were they were willing <laughs> to give it up because they thought, no, that's okay. Like you've got a, a good thing with with both parents, but you know they they thought that they're they're still in a good home. And for me, I can separate myself and start fresh. I used to have a coworker, um, and he and his partner split up. But for ten years, they continued to share custody of their dog. So he would literally have mm-hmm. the dog during the week, and then drive the dog to her house on the weekends. And then she would come back and drop the dog off. And they made it work. Like even though they completely ended things, they were able to carry that forward until you know the dog's last days. Which I'm sure for the dog. Like was so great because he's not losing out on yeah. one parent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I guess like unlike kids, where they would like to continue seeing that that same scene, like having everybody in the same house. Uh, for a dog, it was probably ooh another adventure. Oh, another adventure to this house, and then a, and another adventure next weekend. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's funny. My my sister and her first husband shared a uh, shared a dog after they divorced. And my sister lives on a farm, so it was always my sister would get the dog on the weekends, and then he would come back into the city um, for Monday to Friday. And my sister it was so funny, and they did that until the dog passed away. But my sister was like, "Yeah, I knew that. You know, by Sunday night, he was sitting by the door wanting to go back into the city because my life is too busy." She said. <laughs> Oh. The dog was like the dog was pooped out. He just like I just want to go back to the city where I just get like the one block walk and then I can just sit there. And on the farm, he's like go go go, and he would like literally sit at the door and just look at her. She's like, okay, you're going back to dad's. <laughs> <laughs> They're like kids. It's so funny. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> okay, so we've got some questions for Sonia. So this is a good time to have a chat with the author of Jasmine and Jake Rock the Boat. Hi, Sonia. It's Simone, Deb, and Tanya calling from the Relaxing Reads podcast. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Thanks for calling. We just wrapped up our discussion of Jasmine and Jake Rock the Boat, and we all really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you so much. Sonia, we absolutely did love Jasmine and Jake Rock the Boat. A whole lot of fun, a whole lot of questions. <laughs> so first, I guess, is is where did the idea come from? So Jasmine and Jake Rock the Boat is my fifth rom-com. Um, I always write protagonists um, that are South Asian, who are flawed, who are figuring themselves out and looking for love. And I was just honestly looking for an interesting setting. Um, I went on an Alaskan cruise when I was 18 years old with my entire extended family, which was very, very fun. A cruise 
um, you know, you, you're stuck with the same people on the same boat. There's lots to do. There's lots to think about. And I just thought it would be a really, really great setting um, for one of my books. Now, when it came to the characters of Jasmine and Jake, where did you pull those characters uh, from? Do you know anyone like them in your life? Do you think you have any similarities with Jasmine? Um, yeah, I always kind of pull on something from myself or something I've experienced or felt in the past and then exaggerate it a lot and sort of change it into something else. So for Jasmine, she's really um, going through some, uh, going through a hard time, um, looking for some emotional maturity. She's figuring herself out. And she's also struggling with this idea of, um, of her having had a bad reputation in her younger days. And this becomes particularly evident when she's sort of on this cruise, stuck with all these aunties and uncles who she feels judged her and made her life miserable. And so I think there was a part of me um, in Jasmine where, um, you know, I wanted to be rebellious. I wanted to do things that all my friends were doing. But, you know, I sort of always felt a little bit constricted by the idea of what would people think? What would my family or my community think? Um, and so that sort of push and pull was definitely something that I drew from my own experience um, for Jasmine. And in terms of Jake, um, you know, there's all sorts of guys out there. I don't write books from um, the other perspective. I just I just stuck to Jasmine's perspective. But um, I really like the idea of Jake being on this outward, this really cocky player um, you know, sort of this stereotype of a guy that we don't really like. But once we really get to know him, there really is a softer side, and there's a reason he is the way he is. So I, I liked exploring that as well. Yeah, one of the things we discussed was we loved, you could see the, the growth within Jasmine from the beginning of the novel and then through the pages to the end. You just see how much she evolved in this short amount of time, and that was pretty incredible to see when it came to her character. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I love the idea of the journey of self-love being a part of the journey towards love. I sort of am a, I'm a bit corny, and I, I really, truly believe that, um, you know, once we really love ourselves, that's when we can really accept the love of other people and really, you know, give them that love back. And so, um, obviously, this is fiction. It was a short amount of time um, in real life growth journeys probably take years and years and lots of mistakes along the way. But um, I definitely wanted to try and reflect what I think a lot of people a lot of people go through in sort of finding their partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Jasmine absolutely. is so relatable. Like, I, I think she's she's perfectly imperfect. And I think we all strive for some level of perfection. And in reality, is there really such a thing? But I, I think that that everybody that picks up this book and reads and finds out more about Jasmine, I think, is definitely going to relate on some level. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, I, I hope so. That was definitely part of part of my goal, especially with social media. I think there's so much curation in our image and how we think, how we perceive other people perceive us. On the um, on the outside, Jasmine seems like she's totally together. Although she's single, she has this great job, this great life. She's super stylish. Uh, but on the inside, she's really, really struggling. And she really has some sort of growing up to do. And that's, you know, that's not really reflected on social media or even with often people close in our lives, that's not something we allow everyone to see. And I think that's that's often a user, universal experience. Absolutely. This is Tanya in Edmonton, Sonia. Um, I, I really wish I could have been like Jake and delete my Instagram account. That's so brave. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's sort of that. It's sort of that. Like, oh my gosh, I just want to delete it because it doesn't always make me feel good, and then you just can't. So, I love that he did. I love that he did. Yeah. And you know what I also loved? I also loved the way you 
had other characters in the book that were that you know like Deb said like Jasmine was was on a journey a journey of self-discovery of, of being sort of more in control of her life and in control of her own happiness and you created Ethan the doctor who I thought was lovely mm-hmm. and he sort of interjected a little bit of that kind of life wisdom of just like act intentionally excuse me sorry yeah. act intentionally in your life or you'll end up where you don't want to be because you never figured it out in the first place and i thought as a reader definitely for me that is something that kind of rings true and i think it's sort of something that all the readers will kind of read that and go yeah you're right if i don't actually figure out where i want to go i may end up somewhere that i don't want to be like has that totally. happened to you i think so i mean i i I had a, um, my, my mom is really, really, um, really, really wise, you know, and she's very into like mindfulness. And although I kind of resisted it from a young age, it's definitely something that I think has helped me in sort of in my adult life, making decisions and acting intentionally. Although not always, of course, we all make, you all make mm-hmm. mistakes and, and yeah. things happen. But definitely, I think that um, that character, Ethan, sort of um, totally hits home on the point that, um, you know, we can't just always go with the flow and get swept up and because we don't know where we're going to end up. And um, it's important to sort of think critically about ourselves and our own decisions and sort of challenge ourselves um, to make sure that we're on the right path. And yeah. yeah I think yeah, life is so complicated that. anyway. And I think uh, when you have things that are happening that appear to be chaotic so often that you forget the simplest things can actually help you move through your day. Totally. There's another lovable and furry character, Mango, and apparently Mango was an inspiration from your personal life? Yes, I have a dog uh, who might actually bark at any moment. I'm surprised she hasn't interrupted us already. Her <laughs> name is Joey, and she's a mini golden doodle. And um, Mango was actually a sh- on the short list of names for her, so I decided to put a Mango golden doodle in the book. And I, initially, I just kind of put her in there because I'd just gotten a dog and it was sort of very much a part of my life. Um, but then actually, I think having, having Jasmine have a dog sort of, um, sort of highlighted uh, the fact that she was growing up. She had this responsibility, this living thing that relied on her. She had this dog, which had to be, which, which was a big decision in her breakup with her ex-boyfriend who also loved the dog. And so I think um, the character having a dog actually made her grow up or, you know, help put her on that path. Although originally, I will say, I just wanted a, f- a furry baby in the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love I'm it. with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> totally love it. <laughs> we were talking earlier about... Um, vacation romances um, Mm -hmm. and how, you know, I was saying I've never had one. Tanya and Deb both have. But there's such a mystery around those because it's one of those things where you can have these like, you know, special memories and moments you create with someone and then you kind of walk away from it and you know, don't ever have to talk about it again. But in this situation, they are going to, you know, kind of continue it on. What do you foresee for, for their future now off the boat and out of vacation mode? <laughs> I think it's going to be challenging for them. I mean, it's it's real life. It's easy. Even when you're, you know, with, with somebody and you go away on vacation, you can leave your problems behind for a little bit and you come home and they're just waiting for you. So I think that um, it was a great place for them to maybe start their romance sort of in isolation, um, sort of bubbled from the real world problems that were waiting for them back home, the choices that they had to make. Um, so it sort of probably gave them a little kickstart. Um, and then when they get home, they have to sort of really do those adult things and 
and compromise and, and all those sorts of things that um, the, the grunt work of a relationship that goes into making the relationship sort of the, the magic that it can be. And, and talking about that relationship, I just really, uh, you know, as women, sometimes we just want our guys to try a little harder, <laughs> you know, and, and we, yeah. we talked about the fact that Jake never really gave up his pursuit of her, you know, even when she was kind of nasty and dismissive of him, he always sort of kept tabs on her and kept like, almost like a poke, poke, poke. And I love the fact that he didn't give up on her and he just continued on. And so that was just like a really great character trait that I thought was just for me as a woman going, yeah, guys will do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think so, and I think the right person will do that for you. I don't think, mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, so many of us have had relationships where, you know, that person may have acted in a certain way that sort of isn't great, or maybe we didn't act that great towards them. But with the right relationship, um, in, you know, after there's more maturity, um, you know, there's more time in a different situation, that person will hopefully act, you know, be a stand-up person for, their, for, for, for someone else. So, um, yes, I think it's also about uh, hugely about timing as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think I think the, one of the lines that you wrote, which I honestly, when I read it, I went, oh, because Jake <laughs> says to Jasmine, you're the brightest light in every room. <gasps> that was just yeah, a you beautiful sigh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, he thank was you. very gentle soul. Um, he, you know... Um, on the outside looking like he was just your stereotypical jock and then beneath all of that was just something yeah just very beautiful about him well thank you and and yes i do i do know i do know men like that who sort of have this very and women you know have this hard exterior but inside i mean i think there's a reason that all of us are the way that we are like nurture and nature and um and not everybody is going to be able to see all those sides of you um and that's okay but the i think that you're the right person will you you will see the you, you will see their full self mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. for me sonia like i'm south asian so i've grown up around the meddling aunties and right. and those kind of situations <laughs> in the book it's one of those things where you learn that you have to block out that noise and you have to once your parents get to that point where they also stop caring what other people think that is when you can truly move forward in your life did you have any situations where you know these these that you pulled from from when it came to like the aunties around you yeah i mean i think that i think her name is uh, bishan auntie sort of the queen bee in mm-hmm. the book um, she was sort of a caricature for me. I mean, although we do see her growth later and we see the reason that she is way, the way she is, I think she has come to represent Jasmine and also to me sort of all the all the badness, all the negativity, the judgment, sort of these stereotypes about auntie culture. Uh, but in the, in the same vein, there is Uma auntie and all these other aunties who are very, very lovely and very warm and support Jasmine. And Jasmine has sort of ch- uh, painted everyone with the same brush. And then she comes to realize that, you know, they are not all this way. Um, and for me, I think I actually had a very, very good experience in that my Somestation community growing up in Saskatoon was quite progressive at the time. Um, and there was stuff, I'm sure, but my family, my immediate family, I was isolated from it because um, they were very, very good about 
all of that stuff that Jasmine went through. And although um, I, I don't I don't know the full extent of, of what really happened because my parents were, were quite progressive. And no, they weren't perfect. And yes, they were very, very strict. And I was told I wasn't allowed to date until I was married. Um, it was still that I still felt like I really had a very... Uh, good upbringing, and I was able to sort of view these all these other things that were happening in context while not facing the sort of struggle and the consequences personally. So I was I was very lucky that way. Yeah, and you mentioned Bishan Auntie and you know the Queen Bee, and it's you know that was one of the big things is we had all a lot of characters in this book, and in their various situations, you see the growth of Uma Auntie and her you know, giving her wisdom. You see Ranjit, Ranjit Uncle looking to move on. You see Queen Bee finally learning to be more acceptive. You see Jake's growth and Jasmine's growth. So that was you know that was really nice to see um, throughout the book is where you kind of start from and then when you do take that look at yourself where you can get to if you just continue to work on yourself totally yes and that I think that's a lifelong journey I think you know even I'm in the impressions I'm in my mid-30s thinking oh I should be an adult by now I should you know be a grown-up by now I should be so mature by now but actually I think that these lessons are lifelong and something about Jasmine's growth and I mean personally I it, it's so weird when we start seeing our parents as actual people and not just our parents. And um, I think her um, recognizing that a lot of these people may have acted a certain way towards her 20 years ago, but they're not necessarily the same people anymore either. So um, it's it's really about sort of trying to uh, see the other side as well. Earlier, we were talking about our favorite scenes. Um, I really enjoyed the the quiet, uh, fleeting moment in the coat check. Tanya really liked the shower scene. <laughs> For you, which was uh, one of your favorite scenes in the book to write? I really like writing uh, when Jasmine and Jake met. They're sort of um, meet cute when um, he kind of kicks her off and says, Oh, remember when you used to babysit me when we were younger and sort of that fire between them. Uh, Jasmine's really, really, you know, walks into that scene already very angry from something else. And Jake is just there, you know, smooth talker, good looking. And it's sort of sort of this sort of this it starts to brew and you can really feel like they're enemies to lovers sort of romance really kick off. So I think that first uh, time they meet at the beginning of the cruise was my, was my favorite scene. Mm-hmm. There's so many great scenes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So, do you do you recommend um, we take the family, the whole extended family, for a cruise? <laughs> um, I think it depends on the family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I would go on another cruise with my family, um, but you know, it's it, one of those really really big cruises where there's lots of lots of space to spread around. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Sonia, so what's next for you? What are you working on and anything else to share of any upcoming books or projects you've got going on? Uh, Yeah, so I actually write, um, I've just started writing thrillers under a very not-secret pen name, S.C. Lolly. My first thriller, Are You Sarah, came out last year. And I'm working on my second thriller, which will be coming out um, sometime in 2024. Um, So that's pretty exciting. It's very, very different. Instead of people falling in love, there's people getting murdered so quite a quite a yeah, <laughs> little different headspace yeah. That's a little yeah. different. that yeah. could be a whole different kind of cruise <laughs> uh, yeah totally yeah and so um i mean i still sort of talk about different themes and i still you know feature a south asian protagonist but 
yeah, very different sort of book. So that'll be my next pro- next project. But I, I do love writing romances. Um, I think they're so important. Um, so, you know, I definitely uh, hope to continue doing that as well in the future. And does that include um, an update on Jasmine and Jake? Um, perhaps. I'll, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> oh, good, good. Looking forward <laughs> to right. that. Thank you so much, Sonia, for your time today. We thoroughly enjoyed the book and we look forward to your next reads. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Bye. <laughs> Take you. care. Bye. Thank you for kicking back and relaxing with us. We hope you'll join us again on Relaxing Reads.